This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. What are you saying about your life? Are you saying the same things God is saying about you? If you believe that you shall have whatsoever you say and that life and death are in the power of the tongue, are you confessing the rhema or just the logos word of God? Do you even know what God is saying about you and the amazingly creative power your own words have to bless or curse you? If saying the same things God says about you, God must be faithful to his word and in agreement with whatever you are asking. Solely by the words of your mouth, therefore, you determine your destiny and write your own ticket to a lifetime of prosperity and health, dreams fulfilled, and challenges overcome, or just the opposite. It's literally talking yourself into your future, speaking only what God says about you, believing what He says, and waiting for God to make it happen. All right, so we're in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse We want to go to verse 21, and powerful verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it's amazing to me how how few people realize the unbelievable power that is available um, for either good or bad in your life. It's amazing to me how reckless people are with their words, and it's just the proof that they don't realize the creative power that is built into your words uh, that God has given to us. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And uh, really, you choose which way you're going to go in your life. You either speak life to your life or you're going to speak death to your life. And, um, you know, it, when, when I learned this principle so many years ago, I began to take a much closer attention or pay much, much closer attention to what was coming out of my mouth. Because I don't know about you, but one of the things that I realized early on when I, when I learned this principle. You, have to, you see, I want to tell you, well, one of the things that we have to learn about, about God's Word is that if you learn the principles and obey the principles, they will work for you in a very powerful, positive way. But if you, if you don't know the principle, or if you do know the principle and don't work it correctly, it could also work against you. It's like electricity. How many of you know that electricity is an awesome thing? Right? It, it powers your house, it runs your air conditioning, it runs your stove, your, your clock, your clock radio, and we couldn't live without, air, without, um, without electricity. Now, if you don't use electricity in the proper way, it could kill you. It, it, do you understand that? So it's the same way with words. It would be, it would be like saying, it would be like saying um, death and life are in electricity, and those who use it properly will benefit from it. How's that? Right? So electricity can work for you or it could work against you. That same electricity that can be a tremendous and is a tremendous blessing to us in so many ways can also kill us. And it's the same way with your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who eat it or those who use it properly will derive from it 
tremendous benefits in your life. Now, long ago, as I started to say, when I first learned this principle so many years ago, I began to take an assessment of the words and the things and the phrases that were coming out of my own mouth. And I realized that, that there were so many words that I was saying, so many words that I was releasing out of my mouth that were really destroying my life and causing death to my life. You know, and, and some of these cliches, some of these uh, phrases are things that we picked up along the way. And I'll just give you, I'll just throw out a couple that I'm thinking about. Like I would make a mistake and I'd say, I'm so stupid. How could I do that? Now, you don't realize that we say, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's just a phrase. No, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And what you're saying about yourself is what's being created for you. You know, you see, you see, we also... Um, uh, I've, I've also said this about myself in times past when you make a mistake. I can never do anything right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, and when you say that, what you're doing is reinforcing in your life uh, that very thing, that you're, you're, you can't do things right. I had to learn that so many years ago and begin to change some things that I was saying about myself, some, saying about my surroundings or saying about my circumstances, saying about my my, my future, saying about my finances. Every word you speak is creating something in your life. It's what you say about other people. It's what you say about your kids. This is something that, that I, I've, I've tried to teach parents. Don't ever say negative things to your children. Don't tell them that they're so stupid. Don't tell them that they're this or they're that or something negative. Because the words that you're speaking to them is creating something in them. Speak good words. You tell them you're smart. You're 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 a gentleman. You're you're you know you're a godly woman. Um, uh, you know you're you're smarter than that. When they make a mistake in life, when they goof up, don't just focus in on what they've done and 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 you know bash them for that. Call them aside and say, you know what? What you did was wrong. I know you are better than that. You reinforce positive things with the words you speak over them because if you speak negative words, you're going to create that in their life. See, the reason why some kids keep producing the same behavior because you keep reinforcing the negative behavior by the negative words you speak. And you keep reinforcing it because you keep saying negative things to them and that's what's creating that negative uh, result in their life. Death and life are in the very power of the tongue. Even when you pray, that's why... That's why I'm a stickler for the word in every area of our life. So you've got to begin to become very mindful what kind of words are coming out of your mouth, what you're saying about your life, your health, your finances, your family, your children, your employment, right? You have to be very, very careful how you're using your words because the words that you speak are creative, Do you understand that? The words that you speak are creative. I want you to get the full import or the full impact of what is going on here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. Um, I want to start in verse uh, 12. And um, Jesus is walking with his disciples, and it's, is everybody there? Say, I'm there. Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 12. It says, Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if it perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. And let's go down to verse 20. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Wow. 
And Peter remembering, what did Peter remember? What, what do you think Peter remembered here? He remembered what Jesus said, everybody say said, said to the fig tree, right? So Peter remembering what Jesus said to the fig tree, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. It's like that. So Jesus takes the opportunity now to give what I think and consider and have always held one of the most awesome, unbelievable teachings on faith and the confession of faith that you would ever find in the Word of God. And this is what Jesus says to him in verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, I'm just going to submit something to you here. I've done some study on this particular verse, verse 22, which says in the New King James Bible, have faith in God. But I submit to you that I, I found that that in God really uh, is translated in some Bibles. As a matter of fact, um, I, I can't remember which one offhand, but in some Bibles and even some Bible scholars have translated that in God to say have the faith of God. Big difference, right? Have the faith of God. Um, let me ask you a question. How many of you remember back in the book of Genesis, how did God create the earth? He spoke it. What did he say? Let there be light. And light was. He said, let the firmament come out from the waters and ground popped up. As he spoke, things were created. And Jesus picks up here in Mark's gospel chapter 11, verse 22, and says, have the faith of God. How many of you understand that it was God's faith that was, that was released in the words he spoke that created the world and created the universe. How many of you understand that? Yeah. The words that came out of his mouth, which were faith inspired because he is the God of faith, actually created the earth. And Jesus takes, takes up on here and says, have the faith of God. And then he teaches here and he says, for assuredly, how many of you would agree with me that assuredly means for sure. When someone says for sure, it means for sure. It means there's no doubt about it. How many of you would agree with me in that? He says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So Jesus takes the opportunity to give this awesome, unbelievable, powerful teaching about faith and the power of your words. And they, are they're, they're, they very much work together because your faith really isn't active until you release it with words. Yeah. How, many of you know, how many of you know that your faith is believing something, but your faith is also saying something? That's what faith is. Faith is to believe something, but faith is to say what you believe. And then it's not only believing something and say what you believe, but then it's acting on what you believe. Yeah. Amen. So faith starts by believing something and then saying it with your words and then putting action to what you've just said. In other words, if you are sick, you believe from God's word that you're healed, you begin to say you're healed, you put your words to it, and then instead of laying around and moaning and groaning about your sickness, you get up and you push yourself and you begin to do something, you begin to act like you're well. 
So in this particular teaching here, he's teaching us about the saying part. He's teaching us that have the faith of God if anyone says to the mountain. Now the mountain is any obstacle that comes in your way. Say to the mountain, notice, notice he didn't tell you to talk about the mountain. Didn't say to complain about the mountain. Oh man, a lot of you are stuck right there right now. Don't look at me like that. You've been complaining about your mountain. This mountain, this stinking thing, it's in my way. It's never going to change. It never gets better. It's always getting worse. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. You see, the more you say, I don't know what I'm going to do, you're releasing that into your life and you're not going to know what to do. Ooh, is anybody getting this? That's why you don't know what to do because you keep telling yourself, you keep saying, I don't know what to do. Every time I talk to you, tell me, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And that's why you don't know what to do. He says, surely if you say to the mountain, in other words, one of the things, one of the principles we as believers have got to learn is that we have to learn to talk to the mountain. You begin to tell the mountain what you want the mountain to do. You begin to tell the mountain what you see. I, I began to practice that years ago. Like when I didn't like the fact that I was poor and didn't have anything and lived to the, not to the edge of every dollar. I mean, I went to the edge and right over the edge of every dollar. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I went all the way down to the bottom. You see, I got sick of that. I got hold of this and said, look, I've tried everything. I don't know what else to do, but I know now that I've got to start talking differently about my finances, about my future, about the fact that I'm you know, not doing that great. And I began to incorporate in my prayer time and in my, in my confession and what I say about myself. I remember when I was living in an apartment and, and, and the apartment was, I, it was a blessing from God and I thank God for it. And I don't look down on anybody who lives in an apartment. I mean, people like to live in apartments, but I had had it with all the noise because I had neighbors on top of me. I had neighbors on the bottom and I had neighbors on either side. And when one quieted down, when the people downstairs got quiet, the people upstairs got noisy. When that one got quiet, the one on my left side, uh, left side got noisy. And then when they quieted down, the one on the right side got noisy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got sick of dealing with other people's cockroaches. My apartment was as clean as a whistle. Now, you know, I, I just got tired of that. I didn't want that anymore. Now, I'm not downing anybody. For, I mean, people live in apartments and that's fine. But I got sick and tired of it. And I said, I don't have to live in an apartment anymore. God has provided for me abundantly in this covenant and the way that I need to access this thing is by faith. The only way I'm going to get out of an apartment and get into a house is by faith. I can't do it right now because I don't have anything. But I do have faith in my heart. I do believe this principle from the word of God that I will have whatsoever I say. So I began to make it a matter of faith. And I began to confess, I thank you, Lord, that you have out there provided for me a house, a place. I actually had a verse, I can't remember it right now, but something about peaceable habitations and quiet resting, Isaiah, peaceable, uh, uh, quiet resting places and peaceable habitations. And I began to confess that. I began to speak that over my life. I'd look out the window. I'd say, out there somewhere you have, a, I would actually get in my car and go in neighborhoods and drive around and say, Lord, somewhere in one of these neighborhoods you have a house for me. Thank you, Jesus. That, that there is a place for me that you're getting me out of here. Now, it was at that time, at that time, um, I started to save some money because you've got to do your part as well, right? You've got to do the natural with the spiritual. It wasn't much, but I started to save. It's amazing when you start something in faith, you start a faith project, it's amazing how God will bring supernaturally into your life things that you would never even expect to come. 
You'd be surprised at how God will do supernatural. I started to save money. I started to, and all of a sudden money came from different places and I put it away and things just happened and, and I started saving money and I'm confessing and I'm speaking. Every time they're noisy up there and they're noisy down there, I'm just confessing, thank you, God, you're getting me out of this hellhole. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, it was a studio apartment. I lived there for almost 10 years. I wanted some space to stretch out. And uh, I'm confessing and I'm believing. And I decided, okay, now's the time. I felt now was the time. Now, I want to tell you something. It was the worst time at that point. That was like, I don't remember, in the, in the early 90s. And at that time, in the early 90s, the, the real estate market had just fallen apart, just like it, it did recently. And, and co-ops were not selling. Let me tell you what, when you start to release the power of God's word out of your mouth, it doesn't matter what the real estate market's doing, the economy is doing, what's going on in, the, in your company. It, none of that stuff matters because it all bypasses God. Because Jesus said, if you say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but believe the things that you say, you will have whatever, I'm saying it. Therefore, it has to happen in my life. Because God's word, God's word works when you work the word. So it was the worst time for real estate. I called a real estate lady and she came in. She practically laughed at me when I, she said, well, you want to sell your co-op? She says, co-ops really aren't selling, you know. And I said, well, mine's going to sell. She was a Jewish lady. She didn't understand, you know, about it. I said, mine's going to sell. She said, yeah, but you know, there's a problem. She said, they're not giving mortgages on co-ops. This is what was going on at that time. And I said, I said, well, that, that's not a problem. She said, what do you mean that's not a problem? She said, I said, it's not a problem. It's going to work out one way or another. And then I realized that in my mortgage, there was a clause that, that I could, someone could assume my mortgage, which meant that they could take my mortgage over. I could transfer that mortgage to them. And uh, so she's going on and on about it. I said, well, my mortgage is assumable. And her, her face dropped. She looked at me and says, no, it's not. I said, how do you know? Did you read my mortgage document? She said, well, they don't do assumable. I said, yes, they do. I read it over and I even highlighted it. I pulled out my, my mortgage. I said, look, it says it's assumable. So she was, you know, she, bah, 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 she walked out the door. So, so I didn't give her the listing because I, I didn't like her attitude. Two days later, one of my neighbors, because I guess saw the real estate lady leaving, and she knew the real estate lady, and she said she had the real, I guess she had asked her who was selling an apartment. She said that she had been to my, my apartment. My neighbor comes and knocks on my door and says, you're selling your apartment? I said, um, well, yeah, how did you find out? She said, well, I saw the real estate. I know her. And, and she told me you were selling your apartment. Did you give her the listing yet? I said, no, I didn't give her the listing yet. That's why you got to be, you got to be led by the Spirit of God. So she says to me, well, don't do anything, because... My, I, I forget if it was her nephew or it was her friend's nephew. I don't remember. But somebody she knew, single guy looking for a, an apartment, a, a co-op apartment. I said, fine. So the next day he comes over, walks into my, my apartment and uh, introduces himself, looks around. And he says, well, I really like it. He said, um, I'll take it. I said, really? I said, well, you're never going to get a mortgage. He said, uh, well, you know, okay. I said, but let me explain. I have an assumable mortgage. You can assume my mortgage, just take it over, and just have to put down a certain amount of money. And he said, no problem. So within 30 days, I had my apartment sold, got all my money back. He assumed my mortgage. I was free, and I went out and started house shopping, and I bought a brand new house for myself. Well, not brand new, but I bought a house. It was new to me. And when I went to go buy my house, 
they had it listed way up. You know, they had the price. It was like back then, sounded like a lot of money then. It's, you wish you could find a house for this. It was $229,000. You can't even buy a garage for that today. <laughs> but $229,000. And I, I this, you see, when you release, it's almost time to go home already. When, when, when you begin to release with the power of your words, the word of God over your circumstances, you're doing what Jesus taught here. You're operating in your faith and you're creating things. Amen. I walked in and I said to the real estate, I said, that's too much money. I can't spend that much money. She said, well, you know, give an offer. So I gave an offer of 185000 and she left. <laughs> she said, it's they're asking 229000 You're offering 185000 I said, give them the offer. So she went and she gave me the offer and she came back and she says, no, they countered offered at 225000 I think. I said, are they kidding me? 225000 I said, I said, let me call you back in a minute. I took a moment and I prayed. God put the figure of 190000 on my heart. I called her back. I said, listen, you tell them 190000 take it or leave it. I'm not giving another dime. So she, she kind of said, well, don't you think you should go up to at least two hundred? I said, no, 190000 is what I feel to offer on this house, take it or leave it. Three times she tried to get me up to go to 200 or 205 or something. I said, no, 190,000. So she, she, and she was like really doubtful, you know, when she got off the phone. But now, mind you, I'm praying. I'm confessing. I'm speaking God's word over this whole situation. Something is happening in the spirit realm we, that I couldn't see from the natural side. Is everybody with me? And, and she called me back in about 15 minutes, all excited. Pastor Ray, Pastor Ray, you're never going to believe it. I said, try me. <laughs> she said, they accepted your offer of 100. She said, we got to get these contracts out right away. I said, go ahead, do you get them out. I said, I told you, that's what I felt to do in my heart. 190,000. So I bought the house for 190,000. I lived there for 10 years. And, uh, you know, then I wanted another house because that was too small. I wanted a nicer neighborhood. All right, it was an okay neighborhood, but I wanted a bigger house. I didn't want to, um, you know, knock this house down. It was a very nice neighborhood, as a matter of fact, but I didn't want to knock, it was a small house. I didn't want to remake the whole house. I wanted to be in a bigger house that was already there for me. So I started the process all over again. And I began to confess with my mouth. And I started to drive into some nicer neighborhoods. And I said, thank you, Lord, one of these houses is mine. Just move them out to Florida and... <laughs> Give them a nicer house and give me that house. Is everybody with me? And, and I started to do the whole process over. And then that's a whole nother long story that we don't have time for us. We'll be here till 930. And I want to go to bed. And you're keeping me up late tonight. And, uh, and then I was able to sell that house. And I got another. So you will have whatsoever you say. The words of your mouth will create something, but you've got to stay with it. Now listen, now listen, don't do this. Don't go home tonight and start praying for a new house and come back and complain to me in six months that nothing happened. You've got to put your heart into this thing. You've got to get this word into your heart to where you believe it. And you keep saying it. You see, one, one preacher, uh, Charles Capp, says, said it this way. He said, your words are containers. You can put whatever you want into your words. They contain whatever you want to put in them. Your words are your containers. Wow. Is that powerful? Amen. All right, let's stand up. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.